0: With a career covering nearly two decades, Mining International partners with new and junior miners and larger predominant players in the market. With no further ado, here is your host, Rob Tyson. Hi, mining community. Welcome
1: to another episode of the Dig Deep in the Mining podcast. And today I'm talking to a previous guest um, who's been on uh, the podcast before, Andrew Swatt, who's the global leader for mining and metals for Deloitte. He actually appeared on episode 17, I believe, which was back in March 21st, early this year. He produced a report exploring the key mining trends in 2019, which is definitely worth a listen. Um, And he's now back with another report in partnership with NORCAT, exploring the future of mining with wearables, um, which is exploring the health, safety and environmental benefits of wearables and how to leverage the technology to achieve better outcomes for mining companies around the world. Um, the report looks at some really interesting considerations around wearables, such as privacy around data collection, engagement strategies with unions and other stakeholders, and challenges around implementation and scaling of technology. So I'd like to welcome back Andrew. Thank you, Rob. Yeah, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, to do this. Um, and good to catch up again. So before we just go into the report, I just wanted to get some feedback on the previous podcast that we did. Um, and I want to just know how it was received by the mining community. I mean, did any companies and individuals reach out to you?
2: Well, Rob, I mean, uh, first of all, thank you for uh, a you know having us on the third, first podcast and inviting uh, me back. For for the second podcast, so uh, yeah, I think uh, you know the the podcast gave us great uh, great exposure and got a lot of uh, interest from the uh, from the broader mining community on some of the key trends that we were seeing in the industry, and so very happy to sort of share what we're seeing happening right now in in the world of wearables, which is really the subject of our most latest report that we have uh, have reached have released.
1: Yeah. And how, how would you say the being on the podcast has actually benefited you and Deloitte from obviously from a few months ago? How's it actually benefit from being on here?
2: Well, as I said before, I mean, I think, uh, it just it helps us get the word out and uh, allows us to share with the, with the broader mining community on some of the key trends that we're seeing. So, uh, Great exposure, and uh, I think uh, just a a great medium uh, to get ideas across to uh, to the community.
1: Yeah, and just lastly, how how would other guests or companies benefit if they wanted to appear on this podcast?
2: The way that they 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 would benefit, I guess, would be you know ensuring that they are getting. Good publications that are, you know, relevant to to the broader industry and utilizing mediums like yourselves to to engage with that community. And uh, yeah, I mean, really, podcasts are uh, are just a, a great medium to get these thoughts across. And people very often prefer them to to other, you know, more sort of static uh, written type media. So I think it yeah. plays a valuable role.
1: Yeah, no worries, Thanks a lot. Um, so. I want to hand over to you, um, so obviously you can explain a little bit more about the release.
2: Yeah, so this is the fourth report that we have released with Norcat. Uh, for those folks that don't know Norcat, uh, it's a great organization based in Sudbury, um, just north of uh, north of Toronto, uh, in the heart of the sort of the mining area of Ontario, Canada. Um, and Norcat is a technology innovation center. It's also the only technology innovation center in the world, it's also a working mine. And so uh, NORCAT sees a lot of new technology, experimental technology that is, uh, is being piloted at the NORCAT facility and, uh, and different technology companies actually utilize NORCAT that allows them to see how these technologies are actually operating in a, in a real working mine before it gets deployed more broadly within the industry. It also just serves as a great area for what we might call collisions. And so as you see different technology companies uh, in the NORCAT facility um, interact with each other and see how their different technologies um, are working together kind of within this particular mining environment. So just a, a great organization. We partnered with NORCAT a couple of years ago to really bring to the industry what are some of these kind of key leading technology trends that we're seeing. So, the first report that we put out was really around human-centered design, the second report that we put out uh, dealt with future of work, we put out another one last year with them on artificial intelligence uh, and analytics in in mining, and this fourth one specifically deals with the the future of wearables. And It comes at an interesting time, I think, for the industry where there's obviously heightened uh, scrutiny around safety, um, but it's also operating in an environment where technology is really taking hold within the mining industry. So we see the broader wave of digital that is sort of transforming the way in which people actually operate and the nature of work that that folks are are actually doing, how that work is actually executed. And it's really within this sort of area that you see, see where variables actually playing quite a key role, um, both in in looking at environmental monitoring, um, looking at uh, a focus on workers' health and how you improve that, or or looking at how you know training and sort of new technology gets kind of integrated within the workforce so really that's the the key area that our our report deals with it both looks at the trends it looks at some of the kind of the key challenges and and talks a little bit about how mining companies should be developing these wearable strategies going forward how can
1: sort of companies benefit from from the report and if they were obviously to access and receive the report how would you say they can sort of maybe start implementing some of those strategies or looking deeply into some of these um, topics that you're speaking about.
2: Yeah. So, look, I mean, there are a lot of wearables out there in the market, and there's certainly no shortage of that. Now, many of us in our day-to-day lives would be familiar with our, you know, smart watches or some version of a Fitbit or something along those lines. And so, really, what you're talking about in the mining environment is, a, you know, often a ruggedized version um, of those, but often with a lot of, you know, heightened sensors. So, you're talking anything from Let's say a hard hat that might have multiple environmental sensors on it as an example. Um, You may have, you know, wristbands that are looking at um, monitoring vital health signs of uh, of the worker. Um, you may be looking at different pieces of technology that are geolocating people kind of within a mine site, um, which allows search and rescue teams to get to those folks in, in a very short space of time. And so there's a sort of a myriad of these sort of technologies that are out there. Um, I think like with all technology, one has to look beyond the technology and not just implement technology for the sake of technology, but really understand what's the problem you're trying to solve for in the first place. And so for us, I think that's really where it initially starts. I think mining companies really have to think about, all right, what is the problem that they're trying to solve for? And then how do you actually apply the right wearable in that particular circumstance the second kind of key thing for us and I think how mining companies really need to approach this is to take a, a real user-centric view of, of the technology, right? So not again, just deploying technology, but thinking about how, how is the worker actually gonna utilize this technology on a, on a day-to-day basis? Is this technology actually gonna make their lives easier? what are the kinds of barriers you need to overcome in order for them to actually maximize the usage of of this technology um and so really thinking about that user interface that user experience becomes really important i think the third sort of key area is really around what i might call stakeholders so this is a complex environment uh, that mining companies are having to deal with so you're not only having to convince workers of this, but very often you're dealing with mines that are in highly unionized environments. And so obviously in many cases, there'll be a concern on how their data is actually gonna be used. And is it really being used for safety or maybe is it being used for just other monitoring purposes? And so there are those kinds of concerns you need to get over. And I think there there are a lot of ways that mining companies collaborated successfully together to get over some of those sort of hurdles. Uh, And then really, you know, once you've engaged with the broader stakeholder group um, around this is in thinking about, you know, how you implement it, how you scale this across kind of different mine sites. And so there's a key process mining companies really have to follow from strategy all the way through to implementation. And we talk about that in the report. So are the health, safety and environmental benefits of wearables? A lot of um, mining environments are, I mean, these are, I wouldn't say high risk, but they're, you know, often you are are dealing with environments which are dusty, um, you know, high temperature, you're dealing with the potential for sort of noxious gases and and those kinds of things. And so I think wearables have a critical role in ensuring the health and safety of of workers i mean this is the you know the electronic version of the canary in the coal mine you know which allows you to not just monitor one or two key things but you know you can build sensors which have the ability to to monitor multiple Different environmental factors, um, and I think that becomes really important as early warning signs for for workers. But then also, as you think about if things really do go wrong in the mine site, how do you ensure that search and rescue crews are able to get to those workers in the shortest possible you know space of time? Uh, how can you use those wearables to actually provide a direct link uh, between sort of a control room and and the worker, which you know allows you to effectively monitor the health of that individual until uh, health and safety crews can actually get to that person that is in in trouble. So, you know, you put all of that together and I think wearables play a very critical role in preserving the health and safety of of workers on shifts. Yes, certainly. Um, What factors can make
1: wearable adoption rates increase?
2: So it goes back to some of the things that I mentioned earlier, and I'd, I'd say two, two key things that you really have to look at. Um, I think one is really understanding some of the stakeholder environments that you're dealing with, right? So yeah. as, as I mentioned before, you have to think about unions, you have to think about the workers themselves. You know, in some cases, you may have to think about government and government standards. Uh, you're having to also deal with, you know, mine management and so stakeholder environment that you can't just come along, put a technology in place and hope that it's going to be adopted. You have to really get buy-in from these different groups, understand what their concerns are, and ensure that... As you're implementing this, as you're engaging with these different stakeholder groups, you're addressing those concerns in a in a very systematic fashion. The second is, as I said, the the user centricity of this. Um, and so, if I'm expected to wear a particular wearable on a you know eight nine hour shift or whatever it is, then it's got to be comfortable, right? Yeah. Um, it's got to be easy to use. Um, it mustn't impede my vision. It has actually, from a worker's perspective, the worker's got to say, hey, this is actually a useful device for, for me to have. And the the warning lights are, are visible. The, uh, the signs and the signals that it's actually giving me are easily interpretable and those kinds of things. And so you really have to, uh, in some ways, pilot some of these things with uh, with workers who are going to be the end recipients of this, and and really understand whether or not all of those factors have been incorporated. In some cases, you may go back to the drawing board or work with a technology company to improve some of those things. But understanding or having a view on user centricity is going to be critical to to adoption uh, at the end of the day.
1: What would you say the uh, challenges of implementing and scaling wearables
2: are? It goes back to one of the first things which I said, which is understanding what the value is at the end of the day or why you're actually doing it. And I think that you have to have a clear view on what the end outcome is. Um, And I think if you can have a view on what that end destination is. And so, you know, are you looking to improve the health and safety of, of workers? And what portion of health and safety is that actually gonna address? You know, does it actually represent a critical risk factor for you as a mine? Does it represent a, a large portion of your current incidents that you are sort of currently seeing within the mining environment? You know, is there a business case that you can actually put uh, around this? and so. When you are are scaling and implementing that, you have to have that in mind and ensure that the implementation and the scalability of that is going back and addressing those particular factors.
1: Yeah. And lastly, um, what kind of data is being collected and what privacy controls are in place to protect workers?
2: That's a great question, uh, Rob, and I think goes to to the heart of one of the key issues that that mining companies would have to deal with. From this perspective, so there is no right or wrong answer here, and I think a lot depends on where you land in conjunction with your uh, with your workforce, with unions that are operating on on your particular sites as to what data, how you store it, and you know kind of what you do with that uh, data at the at the end of the day. And so, where there have been sort of high concerns around sort of data privacy, for example. There are mechanisms like the wearable is not ascribed for example to an individual person right so you would come in at the beginning of a shift you maybe get a hard hat that's got some sensor on but it doesn't actually connect it to you as an individual but it still provides the same functionality which would say hey i can see that there is a person somewhere in my particular mind site, and they are being exposed to these particular hazards and therefore i can put in some corrective measure to actually deal with that right there are other companies who have for example put restrictions on how long the data could be stored for so at the end of the shift let's say within i don't know a four or five hour period post the shift the data automatically gets kind of erased. So it allows you to get past the point where, all right, I'm happy that no safety, incidents actually occurred on my shift, I don't need the data long term, I can erase it. So there are those kinds of mechanisms where you can blind the data, you can limit the storage of the data. Um, you can also make it very transparent and get the workforce involved in you know what analysis uh, is actually going to be conducted on that particular data. So it's really part of a dialogue and part of a very transparent dialogue that needs to kind of happen on the mine site.
1: Well, really appreciate your time, Andrew, for taking the time to to uh, do this podcast and giving uh, the audience an overview of your findings around the subjects of uh, wearables. Um, I hope provides provides some uh, valuable information and content for companies and management to think through some of these points raised, which is important for this ever-changing uh, landscape. Um, can you just remind the audience, if they want to uh, get in contact with you and, and get a copy of the report, how they can uh, go about doing that?
2: Sure. So uh, they can either uh, email me directly at a swart that's A-S-W-A-R-T, at uh, deloitte.ca, or you can go onto our, our website, and if you just search for Deloitte Wearables Norcat, it'll come up on Google, directly to the report, and download it.
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, and alternatively, you can contact myself via email, which is rob at mining-international.org. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this
0: podcast. And until next time, happy mining. Thanks for listening to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. If there are any topics you want discussed or questions you want to ask any guests, then you can email us at rob at mining-international.org. Or you can follow Rob and Mining International on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and YouTube for more content and to have your questions answered. Until next time, happy mining.